Well, you found Ephesians 3. That'll be our text today. And we're kind of in part two of where we were last week of talking about the mystery. Now, you remember that when we talk about a mystery in the scripture, what we are not talking about is we can't figure it out kind of mystery. It's a mystery that God is unfolding, meaning that God is revealing something to us little by little. And the mystery, as we learned last week, that was everything God is doing, he's doing it in Jesus Christ, his son, who is also God the Son, relating us back to God the Father. And so that becomes very important for us to understand that everything we have going forward is in Christ. All the blessings are found in Christ. The path to God, it's all found in Christ. And we saw last week that our calling, just like the Apostle Paul's, because everything being in Christ, that our calling is primarily to people, isn't it? That's what the church exists to do, to glorify God and proclaim the gospel by seeing people changed with the power of the gospel so they can glorify God. That's, the, that's what the church exists. And Paul saw that as a stewardship. Do you remember we talked about the difference between being a steward and an owner? Someday somebody else is gonna preach in this pulpit. One day somebody else is gonna be the usher. One day somebody else is gonna be the Sunday school teacher. All of these things are just stewardships for just a moment in time that we have, and as we accomplish this, the only way for, to do it, for us to do it is through God's power. We can't do it on our own. Well, today we're going to see how God has unfolded this mystery further with Christ Jesus over 2,000 years ago when he came to die on the cross for our sins, and we'll see three things this week that come out of that. So let's read Ephesians chapter three, verse eight, and we'll go to verse 13 this morning. This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavens. This is according to his eternal purpose, accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him, we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are for your glory. Now, last week we started in verse one of this chapter by reading that Paul was in prison and we finished this week this thought. So you've seen kind of a 13 verse thought, I'm in prison and now he stops it by saying, don't be discouraged by what's happening to me on your behalf. This is all part of God's work. It's going to be okay. God's doing something for you with me being in prison. And as he writes this, the first thing that he wants us to see that we can't just run by really is what we begin to see in verse 8. Is He really saw that he had a grace given to him to do one thing, and that was to proclaim the riches of of Christ. It was a stewardship given to him to proclaim the incalculable riches of Christ. Now, as he does that, various translations have tried to get to this word and make it make sense because this word is a, a difficult one for us to kind of wrap our minds around. We've variously called it incalculable. Some translations call it unfathomable. Some call it unsearchable, inexplorable, untraceable. But the bottom line is what he's saying is, you can't get to the bottom of God's riches for you in Christ. They are that unfathomable. What he doesn't mean is that you can't understand them. 
He's not saying you can't understand what I'm doing in Christ. He's preaching and teaching that you can understand that. And I'm going to show you these riches. But what he's saying is you'll never get to the bottom of it. So let me kind of maybe give you a compare and contrast. You know, when we talk about Bitcoin, anybody understand that? Some of you have invested and have gotten a lot of money and lost a lot of money and got a lot of money from something that you cannot hold in your hand, even though it's called a Bitcoin. You can't find them anywhere. You'll never pick one up in the drive through line. They don't exist that way. It's a mystery of trying to understand. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about maybe better would be better pictured for us in the way that this exact same word is used in the Hebrew equivalent in the book of Job, where he says, the, the creation is unfathomable, it's unsearchable. What does he mean by that? Just about the time you think you've seen it all, you turn the corner to see something else and you go, whoa, what is going on? This is crazy. I had that experience when I went to the Grand Canyon. You see it and then you keep seeing it and you're like, look at that little, there's a little canyon over there and a little canyon over here. And it just seems like it keeps going every time you turn the corner. And just like that in science, we keep finding out more and more. Science isn't ever just finished. They all of a sudden tell you, well, you know, another galaxy. Here's what we learned about this. We see it in medicine. Things that we used to do five years ago are outdated now. I mean, because we have better procedures to do. So it, it's just like we keep turning the corner and keep mining out these things. And he says, you're never going to get to the bottom of it because the riches that you have in Christ are deep. Well, what are they? Well, forgiveness of sin. How about that? Aren't you glad today that Christ has forgiven your sin? All these things are found in chapter one, chapter two. We've been studying them forever. That God had a purpose for you. That God loved you eternally. He adopted you. He redeemed you. He brought you into the family. He's given you an inheritance in heaven, forgiven all of your sin. Made you a new creation. Set you free from the laws of thinking like the world. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to be kind of pressed in by those things. You don't have to do that anymore. You can live in the power of God. Well, as you think about that, when he talks about that, you just think about how amazing it is what God has done for us. I often think back to a time in my life, and we just kind of overlook this sometimes about how God just pursues us. He's constantly chasing us, going up. Listen, you can run as far as you want to. I'm coming after you. I want you to know that I still love you. And I was a, a college student going through just a difficult season of life. Not because I had, had turned my back on the faith, but I'd just grown cold to it. You, you know how you grow cold to it is you show up at church and you play around the golf while the pastor's preaching. Now, you'd never do that, would you? Some of you are doing it right now. You were on hole number five thinking about that swing. Somebody's thinking about lunch they're about to cook, right? Yeah, I mean, you, just, you know how it is. You're going through the motions. And before too long, what you don't, what you don't realize is, is that your heart's just getting kind of like that dry ground we have right now. We need some rain, don't we? And you just, you just need that. And I think about how God just kept placing people in my life over and over again, pointing me back to the riches that were mine in Christ. He was pursuing me even when I wasn't pursuing him. That's the riches of Christ. At the right time, he came and died for the ungodly. And when we talk about this, Paul very clearly saw his calling. If you look at verse 9, he says, I want to shed light on, or literally, I want to illuminate. 
I want to turn the light on. Have you ever been in a church when nobody's here and it's dark? That is freaky. It's strange. You come in this building and there's no one here at night. First thing I do, I run right over here and it's, I don't know why we do this, but there's no light switch in the back. Nobody thought that through very well. The light switch is all the way down here at the front. So you got to come through with all the people you imagine in there about ready to reach out and just grab you, you know, or something. You know, and just like, Lord, get me to the light switch. Come on. Why is that? Because you want light to, to shed light on all of those things. He's saying that our job, his job, was to illuminate these great riches that are ours in Christ to a lost world so that they could see it, that everything is going forward in Christ. The second thing he says is that God has made something to be a display. It's the church. The church is on display. Would you look at verse 10? He says, this is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in heaven. Can I tell you a story real quick about the Bible? That The Bible is really one purpose for us, and that's to reveal how God deals with man. Right, that's what we see. In Genesis, we see that God wants a relationship with a person, so he creates Adam. Adam falls into sin, but God's not done with him. God continues to be with him, but it's, it's different now, isn't it? And God calls other individuals all the way up until Abraham, and he says, with Abraham, I'm gonna make a nation out of you. It's not just gonna be an individual anymore. It's gonna be the nation of Israel. It's gonna be great. We're gonna build this nation, and I'm gonna relate my blessings, and everything will come through the nation, and the world will see how I favor this nation, and they will look to me as God. That's my wisdom for the world. Now, I don't know about you, but, but when you think about the wisdom of God, does it ever confound you a little bit to think, why did you do that, Lord? I don't understand why you did that. We sing about it at Christmas such, uh, sometimes. When we sing that song that says about how Mary's having this baby, and she says, this is such a strange way to save the world. Through this baby, what is going on? How is it that Jesus Christ, God, would become flesh? Well, now what God is telling us is that he's not just dealing with a nation. He's not just dealing with an individual. Everything has come through Christ, and he's going to be dealing with the church. And he says, you're on display for everybody. You're on display for the heavenly authorities and rulers, and I'm showing them my wisdom that I'm bringing all things back together in Christ in the church. Now, are we talking about Judson Baptist Church? Yes, but we're talking about the universal church so much bigger than just this church, although this church is part of the universal church, what he's saying is everything will come through the church and the church will be like a display window. You walk by a store in the mall and they have a display window that tries to kind of beckon you in. Here's the latest fashions. Here's the thing that you need to buy that you're missing from your wardrobe. You, you need to see this. And they make it nice and you see it and you're intrigued by it and it kind of draws you in. He's saying the church is now on display. Well, what's on display? God's redeeming a people for himself. Do you remember we've used this verse out of Galatians many times over the last few weeks? There's neither Jew nor Greek. That's gone. It's just people. There's neither male nor female. That's gone. It's just people. It's neither slave nor free. Your status in society, gone. It doesn't matter anymore. 
None of that is what drives us. What drives us is the church, the gospel of Christ, saving us, calling us, redeemed us, brought us into fellowship. And the way that God does that is all around the world, he's building a people for himself and he has people in Kenya that are for him. He has people in America that are for him, Canada, Mexico, everywhere you wanna go, God's building this, but he uses the church as his display window. See, a lot of people are trying to figure this out and they can't do it. They say, hey, we need unity. Well, unity comes to the church. We're the display. We're the, you, you missed that. We're the display. You are the display. What does that mean, pastor? Well, heaven is going to look, hopefully, like our churches look. And what I mean by that is, as God brings people together, he brings them across socio socioeconomic statuses. He brings them across boundary lines that would have kept people apart. And all of a sudden, he builds this church and does something amazing in it. What he's doing is he's redeeming people. And if you think about it, in Genesis, that story about how God relates to man with Adam, what did we see? Sin fractured that relationship. But guess what sin also fractured? The relationship that I have with you and that you have with me. It makes it impossible. The way that, that we get along, it's just hard for us to do. I think about this every time we get to summer. Uh, when I was growing up, my mother used to start uh, every summer with the same speech. I have a sister. She goes to church here. Uh, and so she could give an amen to this if she were in the room. Uh, but this is how my mother would start this. I am not going to be the referee. That would last about a day. And then she'd find herself being the referee. Because what would happen? We'd be in a fight with one another about something. And it didn't take long. We'd be at, it, at each other's throats. So mom would keep after this. I'm not being the referee. I'm not being the referee. But then finally she would call the heavy hitter in. You know what I'm saying? She called my dad. And my dad was never the referee, I'll tell you that. He came home with a different perspective on things. It was not to separate people. It was to bring you together with him in a room. And nobody ever wanted to be there. You know what I mean? That's just how it was. It was like, I got to get out of here. Let me run. I'm moving. So, so when you understand, we're fractured even in our relationships. And what God does is through Christ, he brings it all back together. Now all of a sudden, see, my sin had separated me from God. It created a, a, a gulf that I could not span. And Christ came into the world and made it, possible for me to be in relationship with God. But not only that, he made it possible for me to be in relationship with you. And as we think about that, we understand that God restoring what was broken by sin, then we really do become the display for the world. Well, what does that mean? It means that our unity really matters. It means that the way we prefer one another really matters. You know, if you come here and you're a curmudgeon, do you know what a curmudgeon is? A sour-faced complainer, kind of that thing all the time. Like, if you're thinking about applying for that role, it's full. We don't need any more curmudgeons. Like, that. you know what we need is some people who love God and love people. That's it, right? Because that's what, that's what God's doing in Christ, bringing us back together with the relationship with God the Father. And as he does it, the most amazing thing starts to happen. We become this multifaceted explanation of God's wisdom to the world. And the world looks at it and says, well, how do you guys have people from other countries at your church? Well, we just love God and we love people. We have a problem that we had this past week. And I like it when we have problems because problems equal job security. Do you know what I mean? If you're at work and there are no more problems for you to solve, be careful. 
You're going to be looking for a job. You know what I mean? So, so we had a problem. We ran out of the, the receivers for us to be able to translate our service from English language into Spanish language. And I, I don't say this often enough, but right now we're, it's being translated. Right now, give our translators just a hand and tell them how much you appreciate them. That is an almost impossible task to do. And uh, we often joke about this. I'll tell our translators, they'll say, you know, sometimes we get lost with where you're going. And I say, it's okay, just preach whatever you want. Just go for it, you know? Uh, just, just, just make it happen. But uh, what I want to say is that that's a picture because we had to order more of those. It's like, yes, let's order more receivers. Let's do that now. Let's not wait. What does that mean? That God is working out what he said he was going to work out. God's doing that as he brings folks from all around this globe and they land here. And we're praying about other opportunities for that same type of translation. I hope that we have to, to blow up part of the upstairs and make a new translation room so that we can do more languages. And we have to do, you know, th this is crazy. These receivers that we order, we actually, we actually surpassed the limit of what we had and we had to order a new uh, transistor as well because it, it wasn't big enough. That's a great problem to have. Praise God for that, right? And what we would say, and if, if I could, just a moment of privilege. Si ustedes hablan español, bienvenidos. Gracias a Dios para ustedes. We love you. Te aman. Right? That's what we do. We love you. We love you guys. So we want you to be with us. We want you to know that that you're part of the church. And what's happening is this is just a little glimpse of heaven. That's all it is because God's doing this. He's restoring this. Now, let me say this before we just kind of run past this. If God is using the church to be the display for the world, you need to be part of the church. That's just, that's just how it is. We still have church membership here. That's an important thing to us. And you say, well, what? what's the big deal about church membership? Well, church membership is you saying, I, I'm with you guys, and this is the place where I'm seeing God's covering for me here. Th this is the place where I, I, I find biblical authority over my lives, pastoral authority over my lives. I'm in accountability with people here. Uh, I, I'm moving forward in God's mission here. And you say, well, how do you join the church? Well, you have to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who's repented of your sins and placed your faith in Christ. That's number one. Number two, you have to be baptized by immersion after that. And if you do that, and if you've done that, or you've done that in the past, you're ready to be a member of the church. We want you to be a member of the church. We want you to walk with us in that. It's still important because God's using this as his multifaceted display window. And here's the cool thing about it. Every time you look at something that's multifaceted, you get a little bit different glimpse of it. You get a little bit different picture of it. You get a little bit uh, uh, greater understanding of what God's trying to do here. And my prayer is that we don't just stop with one or two or three language groups, that we have five or 10 language groups and that we look like heaven is really going to look and that's a beautiful thing for us. So God shows us the riches that we have in Christ he shows us that the church is to be his display window to the world. And then he reveals something to us about his eternal purposes. You get to see the eternal purposes of God. Eternal, meaning they never change. Read verses 11 and 12 with me. This is according to his eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So that I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions because they're on your behalf for they are for your glory. Well, what was the eternal purpose? God's eternal purpose that he was going to right what man had made wrong. 
And he was always going to do it in Jesus Christ. God sent his son, Christ Jesus, to die on the cross for you and for me. So that what was broken could be restored and redeemed. And in doing that, Christ lives this sinless life that we could never live. And he goes to the cross, an innocent man. And he dies for you and for me. And the scripture says that if we place our faith in him, that that is how God is rectifying the wrong that has been accomplished. And so salvation only comes through Christ. It shouldn't be a surprise to those of you who've been with us from the beginning studying the book of Ephesians because he must have said in Christ about a hundred times by now. Everything comes to us in Christ. It was revealed in Christ and now it's ours to have. That was God's eternal purpose, that you would know him and be known by him and that you would see who he is. And because of what Christ has done, there's a pretty cool thing that happens here that I don't want us to run by. It says that we gain primarily two things. One is boldness. And one is confident access. Boldness. That word is literally translated frankness. It's not a word that you probably used very often. You don't say I'm being, you know, you might say I'm being frank with you. What does that mean? I'm just speaking it to you. I'm, I'm taking the filter off and I'm going to let you know exactly what I'm thinking. Here it is. So when he says that we can approach God with boldness, well, how do we do that? You see, because of the relationship that we had with God where we were separated, we couldn't approach with boldness. There was no way for us to do that. It was actually impossible for us to do that. And it's through Christ coming and dying on the cross that now we've been brought near to God so that we can access him with boldness. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says, let us approach the throne of grace boldly. What does he mean? With, with full assurance there that we can come in. And if you think about it, if we're just speaking frankly, then that means that when I come before the Lord and Christ Jesus is my savior, it changes prayer, doesn't it? It changes a little bit about what's going on because I can walk in and say like, I'm struggling today. I, I'm a mess. I'm, I, I screwed this whole thing up. Look at what I've done. L look at me. I, I don't know what to do about this. I need you to forgive me about this. I, I need to be restored to you, Lord. Lord, I need this in my life. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I should turn. I don't know where I should look right now. So I'm coming to you and in boldness, I'm just gonna speak it and ask you, God, to, to meet with me as I pray and I speak the truth as I understand it, as I see it. I know that I can do it. And I also understand that I have confident access to be able to do it. Now I'll ask you a question. How do you understand what it means to have confident access and I'll ask this question, and I think you'll get it pretty quickly. How many of you are grandparents? Yep, there it is. When I was growing up, my parents taught us that children were to be seen and not heard. They've totally forgotten that with their own grandchildren, though. You know what I mean? I can be talking to my mother, and one of my children walk up and start talking to her, and it's like I don't even exist. They just cut me off right in mid-sentence. I, I don't even exist. Why is that? Because they know that they can run right into Mimi's arms and ask her for anything they want. And they're probably going to get it, right? That is confident access right there, folks. You just show up and it's like, I'm here. And here's the great thing about that. It doesn't matter that God knows everything because when we approach him with boldness, are we telling God anything he doesn't know? No, he knows everything. 
So why does he want us to approach him then with this boldness and confident access? What's well, the same thing with a grandparent? So my, I'll tell my parents a story about my kids. You know, this is what happened and this kind of thing happened in their lives. And when they get there, my parents, they know everything, but they look at them and say, tell me what happened. I say, well, I've, we've already talked about it. I know, but I want to hear from you. I want to hear from them. Right? I want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. I want to hear it from you because I want to know you. Think about that for just a second. That the God of the universe would say, the results are in and what you get out of this when you have a relationship with my son, Jesus Christ, when he's your savior, when he's your Lord, you get to come to me anytime you want. You can speak, speak it to me right there and you can do it with confident access, knowing that I'm never gonna rebuff you. God never looks at you and says, hey, busy running the world right now, I'll get back to you later. Doesn't happen that way. He says, it's okay, I was just putting another star in the sky, come on up here, hang out for a minute. I've got time for you. I can listen to you, I, I, can, I can bear this burden. I can hear from you. I know where you're at. I know that things have been tough for you lately. I know that you've been struggling. I know that you're happy today. I know that you got, let's celebrate that together. Come on, come on, let's go. Wherever you're at, you get to come in with that confident access before the Lord. And it's all because of Jesus. You know, a lot of times we feel like we don't have confident access and I can diagnose that for you. It's two reasons. One, the reason you don't have confident access is because you actually don't have confident access. You're not saved. You're feeling like, well, pastor, I don't, whew, I don't know if I could approach the Lord quite like that. Well, that's okay. That's a recognition this morning that your life hasn't been changed by the power of the living Lord Jesus Christ. You've not been saved. But the good news is, is that you can be saved today. Any of us can be. There's nothing that, that would separate us anymore because Christ has died for us on the cross. He's made the way for us. So the only thing keeping us from being in relationship with God the Father is our own sin or our own unwillingness to repent. Repent just means that you're walking this way and you turn and go a different way. So when we talk about that in our lives, what we mean is, you know, I'm walking according to the flesh, my desires. I'm walking according to the thinking of the world. I'm walking according to what I want to do. I'm the Lord of my life. And we say, no, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to walk in a different direction. I'm going to change my thinking to let Jesus be the Lord. And the Bible says that if you'll admit that you're a sinner and ask God to forgive you of those sins that Jesus has died on the cross already for you in your place and that you can be saved today. So that could be why you don't feel confident in accessing the Lord is what's well, just never happened yet. And that's okay, but it's not okay to stay there. The invitation that Jesus offers to us is to be saved and be saved today. I love that the book of Revelation tells us that he stands at the door and knocks. And anybody who opens the door, he'll come in and have fellowship with them. Anyone. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter what you've done. All of that can be erased in Christ. But there's a second reason that you might not feel like you have confident access. 
Sometimes as a believer, we get to a place where that ground in our lives is like the ground that's outside right now. It's just so parched. You know, this week, I kind of had a moment where the Holy Spirit convicted me of the sin of idolatry. And it was the idolatry of self. And you say, well, you think pretty highly of yourself. No, I can't stop thinking about myself. It's not that. It's just, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? What do I want to buy? What do I, 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 right? I mean, it's just me, 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 me. You ever feel that way? Sometimes when we don't feel like we have confident access, it's because we've just gotten so dry and we just need the Lord to pour some water and refresh us again. You know, the way we do that is by boldly going before him, speaking the truth, Lord, I've sinned. I'm not living the way that I need to. Forgive me, please. And isn't it good to know that the scripture says he always does? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to deal with those two questions, those two diagnoses. Do you have confident access this morning? Has there ever been a time in your life where you were truly saved? Saved from your sin and you entered into relationship with the living Lord Jesus Christ? If not, why not today? And then if you're a believer and you say, yeah, I know that I've done that. Pastor, you were talking about those students maybe needing to rededicate their lives when they go on this camp trip earlier in the service, but maybe I need to today. After our prayer, Kirk will come and lead us in a song, and altars will be open if you'd like to come and pray. You can certainly pray where you sit or stand. And, but if you'd like to receive Christ today, I'd encourage you, come down. I'd love to tell you how you can know the living Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything God has for you is found in him and only him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the riches that are ours in Christ. We thank you that they are unfathomable. We'll never get to the end of them as long as we live. And we thank you, Father, that you have used our church and the universal church, particularly during this season of time and life, Lord, to be a display to the world, to let them know of your goodness, your grace. And Father, maybe that our church would just be a little glimpse of heaven. God, would you do that here? Father, we pray specifically today for those who may not be in Christ. They've never received the salvation that is theirs. Our prayer, Father, is that the Holy Spirit would move, stir in their hearts, convicting them of sin and their need for Jesus. Lord Jesus, we lift you up. We love you. And our prayer today is that we would see someone saved. But Lord, we also pray for our own hearts that you would bring showers of blessing to those of us maybe who are parched this morning. We're dry, Lord. Our spirits have grown cold and we've lost that confident access, the boldness that is ours in Christ. Lord, remind us of that. 
restore the joy of salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.